This morning we're going to do our, our second part of why we are gathering as the church. Um, and uh, last week was a great celebration, a great victory uh, as we gathered together inside. And this morning is as well. I'm thankful for you coming this morning. Uh, I think that in our modern age, uh, we think that a lot of things can be done without being with people. Uh, you can uh, get groceries without being with people. I remember uh, as a kid, um, going to the grocery store for my mom was a social event. Uh, my mom wasn't a very social person, but it was a social event. In fact, there was a time where, uh, some of you moms won't understand this at all. I'm not sure I understand it, but uh, my, my mom had two kids, my sister and, and I, and she had a friend who had two kids. And they, for a season, a time, they went shopping with all of us, grocery shopping. She, uh, my mom would pick up uh, her friend and their two kids, and the six of us would go to the grocery store. Uh, doesn't that sound like fun? You know, four little kids, probably ages two, three, four, five, six, somewhere in there. Uh, doesn't that sound fun? Some of you are going... That would never happen. Uh, a social event, a, a time where we are together. Uh, you, you think about, we, we live up here in Timbuktu, and uh, some of you have heard of, I think they call it Amazon. You heard of Amazon? You ever ordered anything that was supposed to be here in two days and came in two weeks? Uh, you think about what uh, we think we can do. That you think you can. Uh, you don't need to shop. You don't need to be around people to shop. You you can go to work from. You can work from home and just worm in through the computer and uh, somehow get some work done at home. Uh, you can do school, right? You don't have to go anywhere. I always thought it was interesting where. Uh, even before this, people said, oh, "I'm going to school." Well, where are you going to school? University of Phoenix and. We're in California. How can you be in university? Well, you know, I just, I'm going online. I'm doing it through the mail and, and, and these different things. And this idea that you don't have to be with people. And uh, now, as we've gone through this, these last six months, that's been applied also to the church. You don't need to be together as a church. Um, I, and I disagree. I disagree. I just say that. Um, I disagree. The, the church is a gathering. It's always been a gathering. Some of the words for church are assembly, gathering. Uh, as you think through, this is, God wanted us to be together, be together. And last week we looked at uh, really the message we are lost without, the message of Zacchaeus. And, and this morning, uh, we're going to look at, at some verses, some passages, both in the Gospels and then in Acts. As, as this morning, we're going to look at the only message, the only message. And when I say the only message, it's the only message because it's about the only Savior, the only Savior. And, and I realize, I, I realize as I look to the scripture today, as I've been thinking through this message for the week, I realize that to many, and maybe even to many here this morning, it's one of the most offensive messages that, that you could preach. The only message and the only Savior. 
Um, and yet, this is the reason we gather, the reason we gather. Um, because it's the only one, it's the most important one. Um, and so, if you turn to your Bibles, we'll start in John chapter 14. Um, I want to pray once again. I, I, we pray not just as a repetition or something we do, some formality, um, but we pray because we're needy people and God is above us, and he has called us to call on him. As we look to his word, we realize, too, that it's his word. It's his message to us. It's his message to us. And apart from his help uh, through the Holy Spirit, uh, we won't be able to understand it. We'll be, uh, we'll be struggling. It'll be dense. Uh, some of you say, oh, I know about that, not, not understanding being dense. This is more than just math. This is a spiritual problem. And so uh, we go to the Lord and ask for his help. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word, your message to us. God, we do ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher now, that we would be uh, people that are open, that you would do your work in, your, in our hearts, help correct any wrong thinking. Thank you for the beautiful message, the only message, the only message of Jesus. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we're in John chapter 14, uh, five points this morning, we start out realizing that Jesus is one, the one and only way. The one and only way. Most of you know this, this verse, but I'll give you some context. In John chapter 14, we'll start reading at verse 1. Uh, Jesus says this, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. And if it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way uh, where I am going. Uh, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. As we see that passage... You can uh, think through the dynamics of Jesus leaving this earth and, and letting out. And this is one of those times where he let out parts of the, his plan going forward. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. And that's what he would say to you today, too. Let not your hearts be troubled. And being troubled in our hearts is kind of one of those funny things. Most of the time when we're troubled in our hearts, we don't want to be, right? And, uh, you know, it says, if Jesus is saying, calm down, that, that's a funny thing to say to people. It works every time, works every time. Uh, when somebody's flipping out, just tell them to calm down, you know. Uh, there's got to be a reason that we can calm down, Right? He says, let not your hearts be troubled. They were troubled, and, and undoubtedly it was part of that same thing that we're struggling with. The disciples thought through their world and what was going on. They had been following Jesus, and they realized things were getting worse with Jesus. And Jesus was talking from time to time. He talked about leaving and going. And, and, and Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled, to which they would reply if they were honest and let it out. But we, 
but we are troubled. Why should we not be troubled? And Jesus uh, speaks of uh, going and leaving uh, and his father's house. There are many rooms, meaning the idea of I'm going to go prepare a place for you. You're going to come and to be with me and in my father's house. And if I go and prepare this place, I'm going to take you there and and you're going to be where I am and it's going to be great. But Thomas asks the question uh, that many of us, how do we get to be a part of this? How do we, we, we don't know where you're going and we don't know how to get there. Uh, how do we get there, Jesus? How, you talk about this and, and I, I don't know, I, I know you know what you're doing, but I need to know how to get there and to, how to be with you. And Jesus said something um, Thomas asked that question, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He uses three words, the way, the truth, and the life. The, the way is the, the, the map or the road that you must travel, the, 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 the place from here to there, how, how you get there. He says, I'm that. Jesus said, I'm the one who is that path. The truth, and, uh, and you think about how, how often we're lied to and how often we follow a leader or uh, uh, idea, and in the end, we, we realize that we've been following after a lie. And Jesus said, I'm not a lie, I'm the truth. And that this idea that in, in some ways, the only truth, right? The only thing that you can uh, trust in. I, I'm the only way, I'm the only truth, and, and then uh, life, life. In the deadness of sin and the, the struggles of this life, you, most of us realize that uh, so much of our life is really deadness, right? The, the ideas that we have, the, the temptations, the sins that we commit. And Jesus contrasts that which others presented, and he said, I'm the life. There's life inside of me. The way, the truth, and the life. Those were incredibly powerful things. Um, he didn't go on to share much about the specifics of that, but he makes one great and grand statement that had to have been sobering for them. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. One way. There's one way. There might be many doors, many doors, but there's no other one that will get to the Father. None. None. As you think through our meeting this morning and our our gathering to be reminded of this message, why is it so important? It's important because Jesus is the one and only way. He's the only one. And, and if anyone seeks to get to the Father, or uh, as others would say, get to heaven, if they try to find some other way, it won't work. It will not work. Um, what are Americans known for? A lot of things. So we're here thinking of the bad things right now, right? Loud, obnoxious. Uh, uh, finding a way. Finding a way, right? Uh, figuring it out. 
uh, it's been interesting, and uh, it, you know, so uh, for for some, it's even been fun to find out the newest regulations and rules of the week. And you say, "Oh, this is great! How can we figure this out?" Even here at the church, we're like, "Okay, can't meet inside? We got a parking lot. <laughs> I bet you we can, you know, have Amazon deliver us some canopies, and we can figure it out." Hey, Zach, can we roll? Yeah, I think if we buy a bunch of more junk, we'll roll it out there. And, you know, uh, we, we can do it. We can do it. We can figure it out. You know, uh, some of the crazy ideas that have floated around here in the last six months have, you know, we'll just leave them there, right? Uh, but, but this idea that we can figure it out, we'll just find another way, another way. And, and even uh, as we think about that whole idea of building a better mousetrap, you've heard that phrase before, and uh, there's a perfectly good mousetrap, but you go, I bet you I can figure out a better way to do this. What if we did, you know, the engineers come out and they start going, oh, I can catch 12 mice at a time, or I can, you know, make it faster, or I can put it in the garbage right away and I won't have to touch it, or like there's always some uh, idea of a better way to do it. And as we look at the gospel of Jesus Christ, the message that we hold to, there's a danger in our pride of self-sufficiency to say, there's got to be another way. And there's got to be a better way. And I'm going to find it. I want to tell you that the, one of the, the cherished reasons we gather together is Jesus is the one and only way. Which brings us to Matthew chapter 7. Chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And uh, Jesus makes some declarations about himself and um, in some descriptions of what it is to uh, know him and his kingdom. And in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate, for, the wide, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life and there are few who find it. As Jesus spoke of the broad gate and the narrow gate, um, he said, you know, there's plenty of wrong answers. There's plenty of ideas out there. And but there's only one, as he describes it here, that leads to life leads to life. As you think about this message that we gather uh, in, in weekly, we gather together about this message weekly. There's a reason because the message that we have, uh, the message of Jesus, it leads to life. Jesus spoke of that in, in John where we just looked at it, but, but also here, this idea that this narrow gate, this way that Jesus has placed before us in himself It's the narrow gate, but it's the one that leads to life. The one that leads to life. That's the the great lie of sin, did you know? That somehow there's going to be life inside this sin. That there's going to be some kind of enjoyment or some type of satisfaction that will fill your life and make you feel like you're living. And the reality is, it might for a moment... There's sin for a season, 
it speaks of in the scripture, this idea that, that for a time and a, uh, it feels like you're really living, but in the end it leaves you empty and the same deadness that brought you into that remains. And Jesus said, you know, narrow is the, the, the way. Uh, that's the place, that's the, the way uh, for you. And as you think about who Jesus is, Jesus is the only one, the narrow way that leads to life, that leads to life. Think about that, that leads to life. This is why we gather, can't find life outside. It's not that you can't find life in the word of God outside of here, but the idea is as a church, we gather celebrating and reminding one another of life that's found in Jesus. We move on, uh, number three. In John chapter eight, back in the book of John, um, Jesus said this, uh, John chapter eight, verse 24, he says, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. John chapter 8, 24 uh, reminds us and tells us that Jesus is the only way of escape. The only way of escape. You think about um, how we look at our past sins. Most of the time we, we think that time will cover those sins. It will not. It will not. God's not confused about time. He does, he's not forgetful in a way where he goes, oh, that was a long time ago. I can't really remember what happened that day. He, he's not limited like we are. He, he uh, has a record of wrong apart from what Christ has done to erase that record. And, and as Jesus spoke and as he connected himself to your sins, he said, With, without me, you'll die in your sins. Forever die in your sins. That, that idea that those sins will be stuck to you in your death. But if you believe, uh, you will escape. Jesus is the only way of escape for you. Fourthly, we look over at Matthew chapter 28. And this is uh, at the end of Jesus' earthly time. um, And he's instructing his disciples. And he instructs them like this by saying this in Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 18. He says, it says that, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. You look at that, uh, Jesus was saying something uh, that is very important for us to remember. So a lot of times we think in terms of what's good for us may not be good for others. Uh, You know, I I don't want to impose my values on somebody else. And that's, for the most part, a great rule, a great rule. But as Jesus left this earth, as he had gone to the cross, and and think about that, he had gone to the cross, Um, as Jesus prayed in the garden before he went to the cross, he spoke to the Father, and he, his communication and prayer to the Father was, is there any other way? 
Is there any other way? Could, if this could, cup could pass, if there could be some other way, uh, but, but not my will, but yours be done. And there was no other way, and so he went to the cross. Now we look at Jesus after going to the cross, rising from the dead, instructing his disciples, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, of all nations. Meaning this message, this message is for all. This one and only message is the only answer for the whole world. As you think about that, what a a critical message for us to know, but also for us to mobilize and to share and to go out from. I realize that uh, we are limited by geography, right? But as we can participate in our local area, we can also participate by sending missionaries and as God's people, we can be part of what he is describing here, of going and making disciples of all nations. So fourthly, Jesus is the only answer for the whole world. And then lastly, in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, we see this. If you think through, maybe this is helpful for you to think, um, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all about Jesus' life, Jesus' life. And then you get to Acts, especially the book of Acts is the beginning or the birth of the church. As those disciples went out, uh, it, it's the next step after Jesus' life, and then we have the, the churches after that. But really, that book of Acts is transitional for us. And in that book, um, the same gospel, the the gospel of Jesus, the name of Jesus, that's what they were sharing. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says this, Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. We must be saved. There's no other name. And I I would end up by saying the reason we gather in this message is Jesus is the only name. He's the only one. What would you call that? It's a bad word. It's the name of a game. Some of you played this game before. Monopoly. <laughs> right? Uh, when someone has a monopoly, they have it all. Right? It, it's the only place you can go to get it. It's the only place. And uh, it doesn't matter how American you are, ingenious, how smart you are, you're a great engineer. I went to MIT or one of those great schools, and I, I'm super smart, and I, I can figure out another way. No, you can figure out another wrong way because there is no other name. There is no other message. There is no, uh, he's the one and only for the whole world. As we look at this this morning, there, as you think about the monopoly that Jesus has, Others would say it's the cure or the vaccine, right? It's the idea that, that, that they have it, and this is what you need, and it's the only thing that you can need. I want to remind you of one thing it t- tells us in Romans. It's the only way, and it's a monopoly, but it's also a free gift. It's also a free gift. 
Um, as we gather, as we are God's people, as we uh, repeat and remind each other of this great message, this great person of Jesus that came to be the Savior of the world, we remind each other weekly and we uh, mobilize our lives that we would go be the people that God desires us to be both here and throughout our community, throughout our uh, relationships and our families, but also throughout the whole world. This is why we gather in this name. Let me pray for us now. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the joy of being before your word with your people. God, I pray that we would uh, be reminded that the that your son Jesus, your, your plan for salvation inside Jesus and what he did on the cross was not an option for you, a, a plan for you. It was the plan, the only option, the only way of salvation. God, may we cling to this. May we gather in this. May we share this message. God, help us not to become um, secular in our thinking and say, It doesn't matter what you believe. Help us not to become lazy in our thoughts and uh, say that's good for them, but not for me. But that we would cling to your your one-way gospel. God, thank you for revealing it to us that we could be together with you forever. God, I pray if there's someone here today that hasn't trusted in you, that today would be their day. And that they would uh, cry out to you and abandon their wrong ways of thinking, their wrong uh, doors and gates and ideas, and trust in Jesus. God, thank you for this time. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.